came a long way. That's what the songs say. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way. That's what the songs say. And I could do all Hey, what's up? What's going on? And welcome to the Be Real Podcast, where we keep it real on social issues, history, news, faith, and everything in between. It's your one-stop podcast with thought-provoking talk and real content. Now, it's time to get real with your host, Brandon Mosley. You already know what I'm about to tell you. So I got one time. I can do all things. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. That's what the songs say. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. That's what the songs say. I can do all things. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Thank you once again for joining me uh, for another episode. I'm your host, Brandon Mosley of the Be Real Podcast. Hopefully you're still enjoying the show. Uh, Don't forget the five star writer review. Um, But we have a special show today. I have some amazing guests um, and I want to get straight to it. So I want to tell you about the guests that we have on this episode. We have three amazing business owners. Um, happen to be minority business owners, actually. And with that being said, the pandemic is really affecting small business owners, no matter the race, no matter the the creed. But we are obviously seeing um, nearly half. This is of as as of August, nearly half of African-American owned businesses has shut down for good. Small businesses shut down for good since the pandemic started. Okay. We have Brandy Kikoa. She's the owner and operator of Bia Kikoa, which is not only a hair salon, but also she has her own products that are sold and shipped around the world. Okay. Um, she's a third generation hair care professional and many people affectionately uh, call her the curl Hiller. We also have Justin Hudson, who's been in business for about seven years of One Love IE, and he's doing an amazing job for the community and for his business, and he'll tell us much more about that. We also have Ulysses Cabrera, who with his father and brother owns uh, U equals MC Square, which is a construction company. Um, they've been in business for some time now, and he's also a city councilman out of Marina Valley. So this episode is jam-packed with some amazing stories um, and also giving us insight of what it's like to be a small business owner today in the middle of a pandemic. Understand that business owners, um, especially small business owners, are the lifeblood of not only our economy, but our community. So you definitely want to listen to this one. Enjoy. business has its own story, just like a person. And each owner has a reason why they opened up their store and they got into business. Sometimes it could be just as simple as trying to find a way to tell your community story. Listen to Justin from One Love IE. High school. Um, So Brandon and I, we actually met because we went to church. And so um, we had this certain type of energy where we would kind of size each other up because we would, we would kind of look and see, you know, what is he wearing? Oh, he's got fat form one today. Oh, he's got the newest air force ones. And so we kind of did this thing back and forth for some time. And so I, I bring that up to say, you know, fashion has always been a part of our DNA. Um, just the culture we grew up in, um, the music that we listened to at that particular time um, it was just all about how you dress and just your swag overall. And so, um, as I got older, I took it a step further and I eventually, um, was involved with other clothing brands and 
um, I was able to take a trip out to France and that trip to France changed a lot of things for me. And it really opened up my mind to seeing things different. Um, seeing the world from a different view was, uh, was very, uh, impactful for me. And so, um, when I got back from France, I had this moment because while I was in France, everyone was asking me, where are you from? Where are you from? And Brandon and I can tell you that we're we're proud to say we're from the Inland Empire. Brandon being from Reno Valley, I'm from Riverside, but it's all love at the end of the day. And uh, I just said to myself, I need to create something that gives us an identity. So if we were to say Riverside or Reno Valley, people will ask us, like, where where is that? And so naturally, we just say, oh, we're from L.A., but we're not. And so I wanted to create something that gave us the identity. So whenever people do ask us, ask where we're from. Now we can say a place and now it will resonate. And now we have, we ultimately have our identity. And uh, that was seven years ago. And here we are today, two stores later. Um, we've had some amazing projects with some of the world's biggest. Travel brands. can definitely have an amazing effect on you. And it's wonderful to hear that travel caused someone to create a business that now shines a light on their community. Now, Brandy from BK Koa um, similarly wanted to do something special for women who looked like her. Um, and she's known as the Curl Healer. So listen in to how she started her business. Um, I started out my product line about 10 years ago. And the reason why I started it was because I wasn't um, finding any products that um, worked for natural hair that were good for us. You know, the products that were out there, they had junk in them. They had parabens. Some of them had different types of formaldehyde in their preservatives. And I wanted something cleaner for um, girls with curly hair. So I started working with a cosmetic chemist and created some really nice, clean products. And um, we went to launch about 10 years ago. And from there, I've paired my education along with my products. And we currently have um, about six certified BK Koa curly hair salons um, and two international um, storefronts that carry my brand. So that's kind of, you know, it in a nutshell. We also have a Tamanu oil um, that's based out of Huahine Tahiti that I've connected with those farmers and they create Tamanu oil strictly for my brand. And we incorporate our third business owner, Ulysses Cabrera has an amazing story to tell concerning his business name. U equals MC squared. So listen up. So we, we are big fans of, you know, math and science and history. And uh, it's a play on E equals MC squared, the theory of relativity from uh, Albert Einstein. And we just switched it up because um, we wanted to add a little bit of flavor, a little bit of family touch. So basically the U equals Ulysses, my first name, uh, equals M, which is Martin, my father's name, which is also my brother's name. And the C is our last name, Cabrera. And then the, the, uh, the exponent, the two, right? So the second power. So Ulysses equals Martin Cabrera, to the second power because there's two Martins. So that's kind of, it's so clear that each of them have an amazing passion for their business and also the community that they, they work in. But with that being said in March, they were faced with the terrible idea of closing down their shop, knowing it was for safety, but not knowing for how long can you imagine your whole life building towards a dream, having your own business, your livelihood, and now being so uncertain about what's coming next. So listen up to some of the stories about that day and what it was like to hear from the governor of California that everything must yeah, be I shut was, down. I was in the salon. I, I even remember the song that was playing because we were like, we were having such a good day that day. And we were jamming to some Michael Jackson. We were like, hey. And the building owner, um, because I have a salon. My salon is in Old Town. The owner comes in and he's like, Brandy, did you hear? 
And I'm like, wait, what's going on? What? And he told me and I'm like, oh, please, salons have never shut down. We're not shutting down. <laughs> and um, I was I was in disbelief. You know, I was in my salon. I had my staff with me, the two, you know, two stylists. And then I have my assistant and my cosmetic chemist. We were all just in total disbelief. We're in the salon and, you know, once five minutes prior, we're dancing and then we're like, okay, we're being shut down. It's crazy to be in one place of joy and enjoying yourself, listening to music and then hearing your livelihood is now threatened. Right. And, and listen to how she kind of switches to survival at first, because, you know, I've been in the industry for about 14 years And I've never been told that I can't work. I can't, you know, do what I love and work my craft. But you immediately get into kind of like a entrepreneur survivor mode. Right. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I want to be safe, keep people safe, keep myself safe, my family safe. So what can I do to make money? So, you know, as a creator, creative, you know, I'm I'm an artist, you, automatically step outside that box. So I'm like, okay, I have my products. So, you know, let me figure out a way that I can um, expand my product line or, you know, make money that way or do educational videos. So, you know, the feelings that I felt were, you know, at first it was, you know, it's helpless. And then, like I said, you go into like this survivor mode like okay you have to you have to really step outside of the box you know being an entrepreneur having your own stuff and and trying to figure out different ways to to make money so our brandy was deciding and figuring out what to do justin is enjoying a day off when he finds out i was in a basketball league uh with my 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 good friends and um we were hearing some things and my girlfriend and I, we were talking about it and we were just kind of just discussing like some of the um, things that we would see on TV. And over time, we just saw more and more and more um, highlights of this uh, virus. And so then we started to just pay a little bit more attention. And then one day I was at home and I got a text message from the mall um, saying that, we would be closing down. And that's when I knew like, wait, this is real. Like, this is real. Like this is about to affect my business. And now I got to go fight with everything that I have in me to keep, to stay alive and to keep the business going. So while Justin's thinking about keeping his business open and doing what everything he can, just like most of us, he was unaware how long this was going to last. I Honestly, I was stunned. I never thought that, the mall would close down. I never thought, not even just the mall. I never imagined us um, going through something like this. And I was just thinking, oh, it'd be this would be an easy fix. Like we'll be back to normal before you know it. But then when you start seeing the death toll, then when you start watching the news and they're talking about uh, stay at home, and then the 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 crazy thing was seeing grocery stores wiped out going to Sprouts or, um, you know, your local grocery store just to get basic essential needs like toilet paper and seeing that gone, the shelves emptied out like that was crazy. And that right there, let me know. So while Justin, like the rest of us, was trying to figure out shopping and getting toilet paper, right? Insane toilet paper, right? Uh, Ulysses, and his father was trying to figure out how would their business be affected. And being in construction, it was affected different than uh, Brandy's yes. and Justin's so business. Take a listen. And we had to figure out uh, with the jobs that we had at the time, well, what are we going to do with our clients? First, we had to figure out how is this going to affect us? And luckily, I should say, not just fortunately, but luckily, um, c- construction was kind of exempted from that stay at home order. Like we were still allowed to go out as long as we wore our masks and took certain precautions. So that, that was good for us. I know for a lot of other people, that was not the case. 
you you couldn't go to work. You had to stay at home and everything. Uh, but I had to talk to my dad and, and we figured out, you know, we could still go, we can work with our clients, let's communicate with our clients and make sure that they're still okay with us moving forward with the jobs. Uh, for the most part, everybody was fine as long as we wore our masks. And, and we just proceeded from there, you know, making sure that our business partners know as well, uh, our subcontractors, our suppliers, uh, that, that we're kind of closing your business, dealing with a pandemic and figuring out a way to pay the bills and keep your business open and help your employees could be very challenging. And with all that still dealing with personal life. So listen to Brandy speaks, speak about how she handled her professional life and her personal life at the same time going through so much, but seeing the positive in the time away from her business. Everything has been challenging. It's been challenging for our mental state. Um, it's been challenging emotionally. It's It's been challenging all around. I mean, especially like within March, it's, you know, it has been challenging, but I, I, I tell people um, with the first shutdown, it's, it's been a blessing and a curse because first it's, it's forced people to slow down. It's forced me to slow down. And um, my mom at the time was um, battling stage four cancer. And uh, I was, you know, I was a workhorse. I was around her as much as I could be every day after work, but it was kind of like a quick, I love you, mom, I'm here. And when we shut down, I was able to spend every day with my mother. And she ended up passing on the day that the governor opened salons. So, I mean, if that wasn't God saying, okay, Brandy, this is, you, this is your time with your mom. And when it's time to go back, you should go back. You know, I'll let you know. So um, I spent every day with her until she passed. And I took a couple weeks off, um, even after we were able to open. But um, it's back to the question. I'm sorry, I went on this little tangent. It, it's been, you know, it's the most challenging, I, I think, was just being told that I can't do what I love anymore. But at the same time, you know, it was a blessing because I was able to be with the person that I, that I my best friend, you know, until she you know, had her last breath, I was there. And I, I know that if I were working, I, I could have possibly missed that. In times like these, leaning into your faith uh, can truly keep you balanced and allow you to see the light at the end of the tunnel, like Brandy was speaking, and be able to recognize that everything is in perfect timing. But when you look at like Ulysses' business, his challenges are much different. You really get to see how far reaching the pandemic actually was for business owners. It wasn't just about getting customers, but much more. Challenging thing. I think, again, we were fortunate to, to be exempted from a lot of this. So it didn't hit us as hard. On the contrary, we got extremely busy because everyone was getting, you know, their stimulus checks and, and, and unemployment and everyone was staying at home. They wanted to get all this stuff done at their house. So remodeling did very well. So we, we were good on that side. We got way too busy, honestly, but a, a negative outcome of the stay at home orders, um, and, and the whole disruption to the supply chain was an increase in costs for material. So uh, a lot of material costs, especially lumber, things as simple as two by fours, they went up like three or four times in price. And that affected us because, for example, some of our jobs that we had already quoted, we have given quotes to our, our clients, estimates to them. And then all of a sudden we're seeing the material costs go up three, four X. So we're trying to figure out, well, does, is this still going to pencil out? How do we approach our client and let them know like, hey, we might need to, you know, increase our price a little bit and, and just try to get them to understand. So I think that was the most complicated thing. Uh, uh, for, for us is dealing with the increased prices for a lot of material. So resources are going through the roof and 
you find yourself trying to figure out how you can still take care of customers. With that being said, looking at it from Justin's point of view, you will really see how retail um, are still being affected by one minute being open, the next closing, um, and having the lack of support that's needed to continue your business. The reopening and closing of the store, um, I feel like we get a a good stride going, and then next thing you know, we're, we're closing the store back down. And but it's deeper than, than the uh, financial aspect. It's just about connecting with our customers, which we refer to as family members. And so me personally, I'm a very personable uh, individual and I like connecting with people. And that has been the hard part, um, not being able to just see friends and just really, um, you know, share the story of how I started One Love IE with people. So, you know, it definitely... Um, force me and, and my team to think outside the box and just do things that we probably never thought of doing. So speaking of team, um, each one of these individuals not only have to worry about themselves, but also their employees. So during this pandemic and the year 2020, in April, the highest unemployment rate um, was nearly 15%, which was the highest since um, the Great Recession and 1948, right? So 15% coming from having an unemployment rate of, you know, I believe like 3%, you know, 3.3% to 3.5, right? Nearly perfect unemployment um, to nearly 15% is astonishing. It's, it's insane to think about, right? So how did they handle or help their employees? I mean, just like everyone else, we were all at home, um, Everybody was still employed. Um, and I was, you know, checking in periodically. Hey, how's everyone doing? Do you need anything? Um, how are your spirits? You know, stay focused and don't allow what's going on to distract you from, you know, living your life. It was, I mean, this whole thing was just tough. Justin had to make the same decision that many small business owners had to make for long as employees. Um, but hoping to bring them back to work, which he did. Uh, But small business owners actually employ close to 60 million people in America and represent 47.3% of the actual private sector. So when small business take a hit, uh, it hits a lot of America. But fortunately, not all small businesses um, had the same issue. Yes. So because we saw a huge surge in, in demand for jobs, uh, you know, people needing to, to get certain things done, we, we did have to bring on more people. So when you're a, a general contractor, which my father, he's a licensed general contractor and I work under the company, right? The, the corporation, um, you, the, the kind of your go-to as a general contractor is finding subcontractors. So you're more of like the supervisor, right? Like you get the job, you, you get the, the project for building an addition or building a house or remodeling a full home. And then your job as a general contractor is to go out and find the guys that do drywall, the electricians, the plumbers, the tile layers, the masons, uh, all that different, the cabinet makers, right? You you find all those different guys, you, you put them together, you line them up, you schedule them for the project and you knock it out over however long the project is going to take. So with that increase in, in leads, we, we definitely had to bring on and, and find more subcontractors. And it's a little difficult to find good labor, right? Uh, you can find guys that, that do the work and everything, but to find good, high quality, skilled labor is difficult. And that's not necessarily due to COVID. The, the labor shortage in construction already has been happening for several years. So we had to put a little bit more work in, you know, to find good guys to come in and help us, uh, you know, accomplish the workload put on that, that was. Who would have thought a, a pandemic would grow your business? Insane, right? And thinking about so many people closing shop and not able to do business and furlough their employees. Um, others had opportunities where you could be a drive up spot where people could, could literally walk out and deliver something to you. 
Um, well, um, so take a look, stylists, listen to what Brandy had to do. So they're not actually my employees. So what I did for them was I encouraged them to stay connected virtually with their clients. So we would do Zooms and I would say, hey, girls, you know, meet up, call your clients and do virtual consultations to try and um, uh, to try and get them to, you know, purchase products and then they can pay you for the consult. And they were able to make money that way. You know, so there I go again, like stepping outside the box, you know, like we have to get really creative. And as far as my employee, because at the time I only had one, um, he was still able to work retail because the front end of my salon, which is pretty big, is all retail. And we produce all of our products in-house in the salon. So my cosmetic chemist was able to stay working and the one employee that I had was able to stay working and they were busy because I have such an amazing tribe of people that follow me and support me. They're buying products like crazy. So those two stayed busy and I was able to stay home and be with my mom. We all heard of the growth of Amazon um, even before the pandemic. Because technology and online shopping is here. Brick and mortar is having concerns and issues even before the pandemic. So what we saw with small businesses over the pandemic, the growth of online shopping for them, e-commerce, went up over 110% year over date. So Brandy's not the only one catching on to this idea that using online shopping and um, building a following online is so important. And uh, Justin talks about this as well with One Love IE. Um, the pandemic has definitely forced us to um, pay more attention to our online platform. Um, now we're in a, a situation where some people don't feel safe coming into uh, the malls and they want the new hat, but they just don't want to, you know, um, coming to the mall or be out in public. So we definitely have made it a lot easier for shopping online. And we've come up with just um, more unique ways to reach our consumers. I mean, by now, many of us are accustomed to buying online. Most people I know have Prime through Amazon. And I've definitely purchased through uh, One Love IE online as well. It's easy. Um, we all also Google and Yelp things all the time. So businesses, especially small businesses, must capitalize on Yelp and on Google. So one of the businesses that that really do does an amazing job is Ulysses' uh, company. So take a listen to how he has capitalized on Google I think and Yelp. The most powerful tool for us in in acquiring leads has been Google. So. There's a lot of, there's Yelp, there's like Home Advisor, there's, um, there's all these different things for the construction industry, for contractors, and, uh, for acquiring leads. But I have put a lot of emphasis on Google. Um, first and foremost, building our organic reach. So making sure that whenever we have a client and we finish the job and everything, I, I make sure that they leave us a review. Right. Like, hey, uh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure working with you. We look forward to, you know, helping you on future projects. If you don't mind, could you please, you know, click on this link and leave us a, a five star review? Let us know how we did. Right. And you get maybe 25 percent of people who actually leave you a review and little by little over time, keep it consistent and it blows up. Right. And so now we we are uh, whenever someone searches on Google, which most people use Google for their uh, searches. Uh, a kitchen contractor or bathroom contractor or a tile or home remodel in this area of, you know, Moreno Valley, Riverside, Paris, Temecula, we will come up organically, right? Because we have done a good job of putting emphasis on our Google page on top of that. And this is, this is what I do recommend for, uh, especially smaller businesses that are up and coming, trying to really get in there and compete with the well-established companies is using paid ads like Google ads, right? 
And uh, I think over time, we need to keep an eye on those kinds of things like Facebook ads and YouTube ads and things like that. Because depending on your clientele base, depending on who your customers are, you're going to want to use different platforms, right? If you're, if your customers, your clients tend to be younger, um, or your product is a little bit on the more affordable side, like five, 10, 15, 20, 30 bucks or so, you might want to use Instagram or Twitter, you know, or YouTube. Um, or if, if you're looking for different kinds of clients, you know, um, like, uh, higher quality clients or bigger jobs, you'll focus more on things like Google ads. And so for us, uh, we do construction and we look for remodeling jobs. Google ads has been amazing to us because we can, we can identify, let's say, um, I want my budget for Google ads to be $300 per month. I set my budget limit at $300 per month and I get to pick where those $300 are spent. So if I want to target people in Temecula or I want to target people in Palm Springs or Redlands, right? I want to target a certain demographic. I can do that with Google ads. And so the Google ads together with our organic reach, uh, it's just, it's been amazing. And it, 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 never before have I been at the position where I am getting so many calls where I don't even, I can't even pick up the phone anymore because there's just too many calls coming in. Just like two days ago, my dad said, Hey, can you turn Google ads off? I was like, yes, I can. So, you know, that's a good thing. It's a, it's a blessing. And so, uh, I, I would just, for any entrepreneurs or, or up and coming business owners out there, I would highly recommend to, if, if you're not tech savvy yourself and you're not really well versed on, you know, how Google works and search engines and all that stuff, hire someone, please, please, please hire someone who knows what they're doing. Um, make sure you do your research so you're not just paying ridiculous rates to some of these people. They, they charge pretty expensive, but, you know, do your research. Um, there's all kinds of Fiverr. I don't know if you've heard of Fiverr.com. You can make logos and all kinds of stuff for a relatively affordable price. So, you know, use technology, use technology to your advantage, do your research. Uh, everything is going to keep moving in that direction. So we got to adapt with the times and adopt these technologies, these technologies that, are coming. that are coming. So Ulysses just gave some amazing advice. And a part of that advice were, was to ask and request reviews. So guess what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to ask you for a five-star review. Even gave you sound effects. Five-star review um, from whatever podcast uh, app that you use and write a review. Please let people know that this is the place you receive your podcast fix. And also, please don't forget to check out the merchandise um, page, which will be the link in the show notes, we have a little bit of everything from sweatshirts to T-shirts to coffee mugs to even phone cases. OK, please go ahead and take care of that. In the midst of a pandemic, it's extremely easy to lose connection with your customers. Um, just like Justin said earlier in the episode, you create a family base, especially in a small business. It's, it's community based. So you have to try to keep those connections. So with that being said, it's not an easy thing to do. So the real question is, how can it be done? Great question. Um, we do a lot of email blasts or newsletters. Um, social media is big. So we do a lot of engagement on our social media and um, we do have a, a company phone number. So we always ask uh, our, our family members, if you have questions, please feel free to shoot us a text and um, one of us will get back to you. And so we're very hands on um, and <laughs> we're in the midst of a pandemic and, you know, germs are everything. So we, we came up with many different slogans, spread love, not germs, love thy neighbor. Um, I mean, we, we did so many things to just try to stay engaged and just stay um um, prevalent or present in our um, family members' minds. I made it a priority to stay connected with my clients because with some of them, you know, like especially with curly hair clients, it's like a thing, you know, with some girls, it's like 
it takes a, or women, it takes a year to fully transition into your curls. If you're straightening your hair or if you have a relaxer, um, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of effort, time. And um, I made it my business. I made their curls my business because I was like, I've been working with y'all for all these years. What we're going to do is, you know, biweekly Zoom calls. And let me see how you're doing on your products. You know, how's your hair doing? Oh, you need help trimming? Let me show you how to trim your bangs properly through Zoom. But you're going to pay me for my time. So it just, you know, that's how I stay connected. And people really appreciated it. Because it, I, I'm not the type of stylist to be like, well, girl, shoot, we shut down. I'm we not working. No, you had an appointment two weeks from now. Let's have a conversation. You know, are you you're having trouble detangling? Are your hairs matting? Okay, you need to purchase this and this this from me. Um, here's the link to pay. You can pick it up outside the salon, or we can have it mailed to you. So, I mean, I, like I said, here we, I'm a creative little butterfly. <laughs> like, let's, let's figure this out, ladies. So I, I stayed very well connected to my clients through Zoom by offering consultations and product. That's Brandy speaking on the importance of keeping a strong relationship with her customers and staying engaged and staying connected. So, so many of us in America are in need. Um, so many people are in need for more unemployment for the stimulus checks. And I, I, I really dislike calling it a stimulus check because a stimulus check is all about stimulating the economy where so many people are actually in need of surviving. So it's more like a survival check. They need that money to pay the rent, right? To pay bills, to, to put food on the table. And just like everyday Americans Small business owners are fighting to keep their doors open, fighting to keep food on their tables and also on the tables of their employees. So that's why so many of them you find out may defy the orders of their governor because there is a lack of support that if they close down their business for, you know, a week here, a month here, two months here, however long it may be, um, the fear is they won't come back. There's been so many small businesses, especially small businesses that happen to be owned by minorities who never reopen. They end up closing down um, because they did not have the support. So let's hear what uh, these three think about that. What support should the federal government give? I have no idea. I mean, they've done like... They've, they've had the PPP, you know, people, small business owners have tapped into that. But I mean, financial relief is what everybody's looking for now, you know, and with certain programs that people were qualified for, you know, you have to spend the money the you know, that they give you in a certain amount of time. And there's some businesses that I know that did do that. And now it's like today we're shut down again. So it's like, oh, we spent the money like we're supposed to spend the money. And now, like, what do we do? So, I mean, the only thing you do is financial relief. I'm not looking for anything else from the federal government, to be honest with you. Just just help me pay my uh, salon rent (laughs) and my employees. I mean, I, I definitely wish they would take a hard look at small business. Small business is what keeps our economy going. Um, unfortunately, we are losing a lot of small businesses. So I, I really wish the government um, takes a hard look and and analyzes the um, importance of having small businesses and, you know, offering loans with um, no interest or um you know, loans with uh, 10 year forgiveness or, or something to that degree. But the government definitely needs to take a hard look and really look at those who are going through these hard times. I mean, we have families out here that are losing family businesses after 25 years, you know, and it's just 
it's very unfortunate. I mean, I'm still in a fight myself, but we're going to make it through. But I, 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 I genuinely wish that the government would take a hard look and say, hey, we need to put these small businesses first because the big guys, they're going to be fine. They have reserves. They have investors. They have they have all the capital that they need. But the smaller guys like myself, we don't. And every day we wake up, we have to like um, Justin, I a good fight. also truly hope that the federal government takes a very strong look at small businesses. As of May 2020, over 100,000 small businesses closed. So Ulysses has some really great points as well. Being a, a city council member out of the city of Maria Valley, this is something that he's paying close attention to, not only because he's a business owner, because working in local government and hoping to support and help those small businesses as well. So uh, take a listen to some of his ideas and, and what he believes should happen. Uh, in terms of the federal government, specifically to your question, the federal government absolutely has to do more at the very beginning with the CARES Act. That was good in, in that we got grants, you know, we, I mean, small businesses and, and corporations throughout the country uh, through the PPP loans, also the EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loans, which those were pretty much grants uh, to small businesses. So that was really good, right? That gave a big uh, boost, a, a cushion, I should say, to most businesses like uh, your barbershops, your hair salons, your restaurants. It gave a lot of assistance to them. They, they desperately needed it uh, when these stay-at-home order and quarantine orders uh, went into effect. You know, they if, if you don't have an outdoor patio and you're a restaurant, you're stuck to, you know, takeout and, and doing delivery, right? Which is 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 more expensive. It's it's a little more complicated. You don't get as many people. You can't seat them in your restaurant. So that was good. But what else is we need more of that. We need more more grants. We need more uh, assistance to small businesses. Because another thing, um, I'm I don't know all of the data. I haven't seen all the statistics. But where that money has gone to, right? The PPP loans and everything. Uh, when it first started when the CARES Act was first passed and all this money started being distributed through the the, sec the, treasury, the treasury Secretary uh, Mnuchin, uh, there was a lot of reports of these, you know, companies uh, making a lot of money, well-established, getting these huge loans and why aren't the smaller businesses getting them? You know, why, why are the wealthier companies getting them? Uh, so that was kind of a controversy at the beginning. But moving forward, we need another round of that. Just like you hear people talking about another round of stimulus checks. Uh, we need another round of grants and funding for small businesses that are impacted by, by COVID. And that has to be at the federal level because in California, we are fortunate enough that the governor actually uh, just, what was this last week? Uh, the governor's office announced that they're doing uh, 500, uh, what is it? $500 million in grants two small businesses up to $25,000, depending on various various criteria. But that's a substantial amount of money that's going to go to these businesses on top of allowing businesses to um, to postpone uh, their their taxes, like, like income taxes and payroll taxes and things like that. They're allowing the businesses to kind of pay those a little bit more into the future to give a little bit more of a time cushion, right? So all of those... Uh, expenses and those payments don't have to be made, you know, in February, March, or April, when you normally do your taxes, you have a little bit more time now, you'll be able to do them like June, July, August, push them back a little bit. So that'll help. That'll help. Um, but that's at the state level. So to answer your question, we need the same thing again, kind of like the CARES Act, but at the federal level to make sure that these businesses, uh, as we're going through this, this wave that we're currently going through, don't completely go under. You know, we need to make sure that uh, any business, also there needs to be a, a better system in place um, for businesses that do go bankrupt, you know, that, that they just completely go under and they can't survive anymore, even with uh, financial assistance like grants. Uh, there needs to be some kind of system to make sure that those companies can come back, you know, for all those companies that have already closed their doors. If we get another round of grants and funding, if they already close their doors, it does them no good because they're not in business anymore. So we need to try to help those businesses who have shut down to come back, 
to come back to create those jobs, to get people employed, to get the business owners uh, making a living again, to pay their mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's what comes to my mind right now. I know there's probably a lot of other things, but at the end of the day, uh, more money in the hands of these business owners uh, would be a a huge blessing for sure. sure. So I agree with Ulysses 100% that business small businesses need some type of support, financial support in their hands. We bailed out banks. We bailed out the car industry. We cut severely cut the corporate sales tax. And there are some small businesses that actually pay more percent wise um, than corporate companies and taxes. Um, So it's something to look into in terms of supporting them and, spending some time, effort, and money uh, for these small businesses. Because like I said before, they employ a bunch of Americans, nearly half of American employees who are working private work for a small business. So it's clear to see that small businesses are the lifeblood of our communities, our local communities. If we want to build America back, It starts in these small communities, right? So it's really important to realize that these small businesses are much more than just owners that are trying to take your money and get rich. Of course, they're not trying to get rich. It's that they have a passion, they want to support, and they want to be a part of the community. And not only be a part of the community, They want to provide that service that people need. And sometimes the service that people need is much more than a product. Now more than ever, people need to have some type of camaraderie. They need to be around people, but they also want to feel safe. And, you know, being a stylist and a salon owner, we're trained in sanitation. It's like when you go to state board, they don't they don't judge you on your haircut. They judge you on if you know how to properly clean your combs and clips and on how many times you wash your hands. And that's what you're trained on, cleanliness and sanitation. So people feel safe coming to the salons, not to mention I'm not the type of stylist that's going to have 13 people waiting. You know, I do one client at a time and people feel safe. So I've been busier now than I've been in my entire career, which I find interesting because I think women just and men, they they want to be outside the house, but they want to feel safe and they want to have the conversation with somebody, you know, besides their spouse or, you know, whoever's in their pod in their home. So, I mean with that being said, I've just been, I've been slammed. It's so important to make sure your customers feel safe and that they're receiving much more than just your product. Right. And I want to end this interview off with something that Justin says, and it's all about the idea of community. When I look at my business um, from now versus then, um, I'm in this for community. I'm in this for um, love, and I'm in this for unity. Back then, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. Until this day, I still don't know what I'm doing. But I I do feel that I have more direction. Um, but the impact that One Love IE has had in our community. And across the world, I think is very, um, it's been needed. This is something that's been needed. I mean, we're connecting people all over. We're giving back. Last, no, in October, we were able to serve 500 families in a a local food drive. And those are the things that are very important. So um, one of my mentors uh, told me something and and, and it never left me. And I, I think about this all the time. He said, you know, don't go out there and chase the money, chase the experiences. And the experiences that One Love IE has provided me with me with are priceless. And these are the things that keep me going every day. With Dr. King Holiday, right around the corner, I want to use one of his quotes. He says this, 
We may have all came on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. With so much happening in America today, sometimes we forget that we're all Americans. That at the end of the day, the success of America affects all of us. That racism is real. Hatred is real. Xenophobia is real. All these things are real. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, the only thing that Dr. King says that can cure hatred or that can turn an enemy into a friend is love. It's not easy to love those who hate you. It's not easy to treat those who disrespect you with respect. But I believe Dr. King would want us to. And even in today's society with all that's happening, I think the only way we can make it through this is unifying. Unifying with those who would like to unify with you, with those who are willing to listen, with those who are willing to be peaceful, with those who are willing to be a friend. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. But I truly believe that is possible. So no, we didn't come on the same boat. But we're on the same one now. So I want to use for a final thought that small businesses are extremely important. Since 1995, they're responsible for 64% of the jobs in America. If we want to see the economy back on track, I think it's going to start with the small business owners and it's going to start with more support. And also, if we want to continue to see success in or actually see success in the minority communities, in the BIPOC communities, it's going to take support as well. Support your local business. Support your community. And most of all, the government stepping in and supporting these businesses and providing loans, low interest rates. It's notorious that that women and minority owners have a much more difficult time securing loans and their landlords are least likely to work with them. And that's why so many of these businesses have closed down. And that's why so many people struggle with even shutting down because of the pandemic just to keep their customers safe. Because at the end of the day, they're not for certain if they can reopen again. So at the end of the day, these big companies are receiving a lot more support and will have a better chance of coming back. They have the investors, they have the loans, they have the support. The mom and pop shops need the support. They need the breaks. They need the community to come around and and continue to shop with them. So with that being said, there's no bad days, only bad moments. So you decide. We came a long way. That's what the song said. And I could do all things. I could do all things. Yeah, I could do all things. Yeah, yeah. We came a long way.